Welcome to First City. Thanks for being here. And uh, if you want, you can go ahead and open up your Bibles or your cell phone to Daniel chapter 1. We're going to start there. We're going to talk about our 21 days of prayer. And we're, I, what I really want to do is not only talk about the 21 days of prayer, but I also want to talk about where it fits into our overall strategy. Tara and last week talked about our three-year church strategy and what we want to accomplish. So I want to show you where that fits and why and the expressions out of that that will come. And so as Tyler and Savannah talked about our 21 days of prayer, I love Tyler. We said, are you excited about 21 days of prayer? And all three of you went, hey. you know, mostly probably because of the fasting. So we, if you've never done this before, this is 21, three weeks, very, very important to First City Church. Because we're always busy, we're always calendaring, we're always planning. And as you heard, there are a lot of things that are coming up that we already have our hands in. But what we want to do is stop and pause for these three weeks, offer it up all to God. And we want it to be individually in your life or in your family, if you have a family, uh, or in our church and in our community. And so we're going to talk about all of that you know, today. When Tyler was talking about the reign of God, and, and God you reign is our theme, and what that means, when Jesus was asked about it, he said, well, the kingdom of God, the reign of God is like a mustard seed that's planted and then when allowed to grow, will, starts very, very small, but grows into something large and, and bountiful. And so what Jesus was saying is, when you were born, God planted his reign in you as a seed. And the older you get, the more you spend time with God, the more you give that to God and, and water it and, 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 and give to that, God will begin to grow something in you until he reigns in your life and then hopefully in your world. And so that's what we're asking. We want God's reign to be abundant in you and in our community, and we want it to show itself in all the things that we have planned to do. Now, as Taryn talked about last week, we had this strategy, our church strategy, and he was talking about all the ways that it will show itself, and we started talking about our course, and when we were talking with Erica, and this is the way that she described it to us, just so you understand a little bit about the background. She first met, and she drew this little circle on, a, on the whiteboard, and she put our core, and she said, what is the core existence of First City Church? Why do we exist as an organization? It has to be something so strong and, and, and something that we recognize that if we don't accomplish that, we should not exist as an organization. We're not fulfilling our purpose. And then she drew another circle and she said, this is an area where we want to aggressively grow. There are things that we're already doing, ministries that we're a part of, and, and how can we grow those ministries, give ourselves to them more, and, and let them you know, bless more people and not only take root, but also come back and, and move people back to the core of what we identified as loving God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then she drew a third uh, ring and said, okay, now where do we want to establish a foothold? What is something that you've already identified as a real need where we need to put real emphasis in this year and, and grow something that in our case is going to be a brand new ministry? And then the last rung 
she put, uh, where do we want to explore? Just take a step, get a look. And it's something we, we don't really know if we're going to be or how we're going to be involved in in the future, but we're just looking to see where God is and where he wants to move us next. And that made a lot of sense to us. And so as we began to start talking about it, we started with, okay, what is our core? And Taryn talked about this last week. Our core is that we all love God wholeheartedly. And the way that we want God to grow that in us is through our time with him, sharing him, and obeying him. Those are the three things he talked about last week. And he took a step with daily Bible time and he encouraged everybody to do that daily Bible reading. So if you're doing the daily Bible reading with us on that plan, today, you know, you're talking about Lot and Abram and Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. And we're just finished in Matthew, uh, the, uh, uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And so hopefully you're doing that with us. If you haven't gotten started, go ahead and download the U app on your phone or just get started today. The goal, what we really want to accomplish is that the more we spend time with God, the more he'll have our whole heart. And then today we're going to talk about the 21 days of prayer and fasting. In the next rung, this aggressively growing, it has to do with all of our ministries. And so we have small group ministry and, and, and actually at the end of our 21 days, that's the next step that we're going to ask, invite everybody to join a small group. And we want you serving on a, on a team, using your talents as God has gifted you. And then we have ministries, children's ministries, youth ministries, the lift ministry. We have ministries that we have, and we want you to be a part of those. And we want to grow in those ministries. So we've been asking, where do we need to improve in that area, you know, right now? And then the third one, we want to establish a foothold. Today, you're going to hear about Families Count. We've been planting these seeds with you over the last year, and we are launching that coming up here in this small group semester, and we're very excited about that. And then we talked about Experiment Explorer. He brought up Drew Lambert last week. And so we're looking at, do we want to be involved more in missions and where? And, and maybe you have ideas about that. But we're thinking we need a, a stronger presence in just missions work, you know, in this church. And so we're beginning to explore that whole idea. Now, that's us as a church. This is what I find also very fascinating for a family, for you individually, is that this same idea works in your home. So on January the 1st, Suzanne and I went on a date, and a lunch date, and we sat down and this is what we talked about. And we said, okay, what is the core of our family? Where do we want to grow this year? What do we together want to accomplish? And we want to be on the same page with that. And then out of that, we began asking, what is it that we're going to do? How is that in the aggressively grow? How is that going to show itself with our daughter and with our son, you know, and with our family? You know, with our ministries, with our finances. And I have some things individually that I'm doing. Suzanne has some things individually that she's going to do. But we also know, okay, here's the step we want to take with our daughter, with our son, and with our ministries and all that kind of stuff. And so we just opened up that conversation. Where do we want to start something new? What is something that we want, an area where we haven't given much attention, but we need to start, want to start growing in that area right now? And then where are we going to begin exploring? What are we going to begin thinking about, you know, and just see where God is and where he wants to lead? A very good discussion, and it gets us on the same page. Have you done that as a family? And so 
get the outline out in the P-Rack in front of you. And this is what I would like for you to do right now. Decide as an individual or as a family, when are we going to sit down and have that conversation? And just write that date and time on your handout. Because I believe it's valuable. We're going to offer up this 21 days of prayer to God, but we need to know where we're going. We need to know what it is we want to accomplish. We need to know what our purpose is. And so once you know what is that core, what is the purpose, this is the one thing we want to accomplish. Then you're going to be able to write out how it's going to show itself and how you're going to accomplish it. And it gets you on the same page. It's valuable for everybody. And so I really want to encourage you to do it. And here's a verse of scripture that goes along with it. The Lord says, this is Psalm 32, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Do you believe he will do that? Do you believe God goes before you that really the 21 days of prayer is not us asking God to lead us. He's already told you he'll lead you. It's rather saying, God, open my eyes to see where you're leading me. Because you have promised, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. And I will advise you and watch over you. Is that not something that you want? Right? So this is where we're just giving all of that to God. Don't be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit or bridle to keep it under control. And what God is saying is, I don't want to punish you. But if I have to prod and move and steer you to get you to heaven, then I will. Now, anybody ever had God had to do this with you besides me? Is this fun? When God's tugging you back on the right path? No. So he said, listen, don't make me. Don't. I'm going to get you on the right path. Because I want you in heaven. But don't make me do that. Submit yourself. Ask for my leading. Fix your eyes on me. And so that's what we're doing. And so sit out as a family, as an individual. What is it, God, you're doing in me? And how can I begin to grow that? Now, I want to start back with the core and look at it from our church. And so that you'll know what all of our church offerings are and what we're trying to accomplish. The first one, at our core, is... Our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So at our core, we have decided God wants us as a church, as a family, as a group to love him with all of our heart. To give ourselves completely to God. If we miss that, we miss everything, right? And so that's our core. And so he talked about the, the Bible study last week. Today, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, I wanted you now to look at the, the book of Daniel. Daniel was a young man. He lived in Israel, and he served God, Jehovah, and King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon brought his army, surprised Israel, and just took them over, did a hostile takeover of the whole nation. They killed a lot of people, but they spared as many of the young men as they could and young families, and they walked them all, marched them as slaves back to Babylon. When they got there, they divided them all up, and the king had a plan. I want you to get some of the best of the young men, bring them in, and I'm going to put them through Babylon training. I'm going to feed them. I'm going to give them what I want them to drink. I'm going to test them, and at the end of it, I'm going to have them beginning to live their life the Babylonian way. 
Daniel and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were four of those young men. Daniel chapter 1, let's start in verse 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. Pause. It wasn't about the food and the wine. It was about the fact that that king had the Babylonian way. And it was in, in contrast, in com competing against Daniel living his life God's way. And he wanted to send a signal that I'm, I don't live my life according to what you want, O king. I live my life according to where God wants me to be. And he asked the chief officer permission not to defile himself this way. Now, God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. I'll lose my job. I'll lose my life. And I'm not doing it. You're not worth that much, slave, right? You're not do and I'm not doing it. Even though he really liked Daniel. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. As you know, they, their names were changed to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine uh, that they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Why is that story in the Bible? What is it God is wanting us to learn? Because everything in the Bible is for our learning, especially all these story, great stories in the Old Testament. And it's like Daniel had to make a decision. The world is saying, you need to go in this way. You need to go in this direction. Live your life according to what we say. And Daniel's like, I'm not going to do it. Down to my diet or what I eat, what I drink, how I live, when I pray, who I listen to, where I go, all of it. And so as soon as Daniel made a decision, I'm going to go with God. And I'll need to show you that living my life that way is better for me and the world than if I were to go according to your plan. And there was hesitancy. And he said, just, just let me eat differently and drink differently. And I'll only do it for 10 days. And then you come back and tell me what you see. And at the end of those 10 days, not only could he see that they looked healthier, but that somehow God was blessing them in greater ways than those who were not submitting to God's authority. Do you see that? So here's my question for you. If that story is in the Bible for our learning, how do you apply that story to your learning? Do you learn from that? Can we... Is it a fair to conclude that if we were to do the same thing, God might respond the same way? 
that if you were to pause and give God everything, including what you eat, and over the next 21 days, only seek what it, God wants for your life, that it can be noticeable and that your life will improve, true or false, then I'm asking you to take a step with us. I'm asking you to join us in this effort. I'm asking you to, to test God in it. Work with God in it. Believe in that. And make a decision to do it. And there's something about food. We, we say, listen, give up something in the name of Jesus. But we were talking about it in the office this week. And there's just something about giving up of food that God has not only purpose, but is also blessing. And so I want you to encourage, what is it that you're willing to give up? What, how do you change your diet, your daily routine, so that God shows up? And anytime you feel those hunger pains, it's just, again, I'm going to pray. I'm going to go back to God. So that's where we want you to take a step. Number two is uh, the aggressively grow. Small groups is the next thing that's coming up. Now, it could be in a lot of our ministries, but in the aggressively grow area, these are places where we're already working. So where are you already working? What are you already doing? And so in, at, right after the end of our 21 days of prayer, and you're going to hear us talk a lot about, we want everyone in this church to be a part of a small group. And there are those of you who God has called to lead in those, to co-lead, to host in your home. You know, so we want, where are you going to grow in that? And so will you be a part of our small group ministry? We've already had some people come up and say, hey, I think God is calling me to lead a small group. You know, maybe well, you're saying, I, I'm not ready to lead a small group, but maybe I'll lead one week, or maybe I'll co-lead, or learn how to lead. Where can you take a step? Where can you grow in this? And so next, uh, at the beginning of February, we're going to have a small group fair. You're going to be able to go downstairs and choose a small group that you want to be involved in. And you'll get in touch with the leader, and they'll get in touch with you. And then it's just one week, one time a week, for 13 weeks. And those small groups build trusted relationships where we can begin to weed out all of the stuff that we need to give up in order to serve God more efficiently, more effectively. And so I want you to, hopefully you're reading your Bible, because it goes back to the core, and then join a small group, be a part of the, the you know, prayer and fasting and then take a step. If you're not serving somewhere, then serve on a team. So if you're not involved in a ministry, get involved in a ministry. And it's not even because we have to have your help or we're going to go under. We've got people serving. We want you to do it because that's the best thing for you. That seed that God planted in you, these are ways that it begins to, to grow and flourish. Number three. Oh, now he who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. God wants to grow something in you. And you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. That's, that We want God to bless you so that you can be a blessing to other people. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. And that's not just in all the ways that we're already ministering and serving, but it's also involved in the upcoming one that we're going to do with Families Count. And so I pray that you get involved. Today, make a decision. We're going to be in, involved in a small group this year. 
Because of the service by which you have proven yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Man, thanks be to God for that. Okay, number three. In the third rung, where do we want to establish a foothold? Today I want to share more with you about uh, serving in our family's count. This is a brand new ministry for us. And so as we get involved in this ministry, we have, uh, you know, Brad Lord, um, I see Sharon, hey Sharon. So Brad, is he sick? Is he okay? Is he healthy? He's working. Of course he's working. When you look at the 21 days of prayer and fasting, one of the days that we have assigned, I, I put Brad's name in there specific. I want you praying for him. Three years ago, I sat down with Brad when we first started our Lyft ministry for foster care. And I said, hey, you know, Brad, what we really want to do is, is get in touch. We somehow want to get with the families that are hurting, that are at risk of losing their children. And Brad said, Rick, uh, nothing exists like that. I said, well, then we've got to create it. And so we've been looking at how can we create that? What are we going to do? And this past year, Jesse discovered this ministry called Lifeline Ministry and this work called Families Count. And as soon as we saw it, we knew that's it. And we scheduled another meeting with Brad. And so... If you don't know what I'm talking about, let me give you the diagram real quickly. We talk a lot about foster care ministry and how we, we launched into that, you know, a little over two years ago. And we started at the end. The whole process is a, a, a home is broken, children are removed, they enter into foster care, and hopefully there are homes that are qualified to receive those children, take care of them as best as possible, and either get them to return to their birth family, or they'll have to go to a group home, which is the worst of the options, or they're going to be adopted. And so the, the, the trouble was there were a lot of families who were qualified families to do foster care, but they were quitting because they were in it by themselves. They had a 40% turnover rate. And so these, these innocent children were bouncing around from home to home to home with no place to land, and it was wearing them out, and the situation was getting worse. And so that's where we started. We said, how can we begin to support foster fa those families who are already qualified in foster care and the children who are already in that system, how can we just serve them? We've been doing that for two years. Then we jumped in here. How can we recruit more churches and more families to get involved in this because the crisis was so large. We had so many kids coming into foster care and not enough beds for them. So they were sending our children down South Florida, which meant parents did not have access to them and the chance of them being reunified was slim to none. And we just said that's unacceptable. So we jumped in there knowing the whole time where we wanted to be was here. This is where we say, here is a family that is at risk, meaning something happened in their home and the police were called out or some agency had to get involved because there was either some kind of abuse or uh, DUIs or a lot of things that happened which put a family home at risk. Anger management, they're just, they, and they're, they're in need, they're, if something doesn't happen, they, they've been told. 
If you don't turn this around, you're going to lose your children. Now, the reason I want you to pray for Brad Lord, I so wish he was here. We're going to introduce him to you later. Is when we sat down with Brad, I said, Brad, this is what you do for a living. You're working with these families. He said, yes. How big is the need? He said, it's huge. Give me a number that goes along with the word huge. And at that time, he said, right now, in our area, we have 600 families that if something doesn't, isn't inserted into the mix where they learn how to love each other like Jesus has called us to, they're going to lose their children. Their family's going to fall apart. So we are so excited to introduce this ministry called Families Count. It is a seven-week parenting class that brings these families in and teaches them the principles of Jesus where we can partner with them and help them lead their family in a different direction. We believe this is our greatest evangelistic opportunity with the most hurting families in our community. And I'm telling you, I am super excited about that. And we're going to begin this in February. At our small group, this is going to be one of our small group options. We can't be a part of that class. Only those who are coming in are going to be a part of that class. But we are looking for people who will mentor some of these couples. We're looking for people who will serve as a hospitality team because we're going to bring them in. We're going to feed them a meal. We're going to babysit their children. We're going to take them through the class, and we're going to help them get to and from. And during the week, we're going to call them. What do you need? How can we help you? How can we come alongside you and help you set your family on a positive direction? So we're looking for people to help serve in food. We're looking for people to help babysit. We're looking for people to help stand at the front door and say, hello, you're here. We're so glad to see you. Right? And we're, needing, we're looking for people who are going to pray over that so that we can lead these people to Jesus. Now, if that's something that right now God is stirring in you, are like, I want to be a part of that. I know the Campbells are going to be a part of it. I know the Rimskys are going to be a part of it. I know there, there are already some people who want to be a part of it. Sam, stand up. Sam and Harriet, stand up. These are your coordinators for this new ministry. Sam and Harriet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And stay standing. Stay, stay standing. Get a good look at him. Get a good look. He wants, and his wife, Harriet, they want to talk with you today. If God is putting on your heart, I want to be a part of that ministry. Talk with them today and say, I just want to serve food. I want to help, you know, with transportation. I want to be a greeter at the door. I want to just pray or whatever it is, but just talk with them. And we're building that team right now. I'm so excited about that ministry. Okay. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the conclusion of that 2 Corinthians passage where God says, if you were to step in and give yourself fully to the people who need God the most, not only are they going to thank God, but their lives are going to be better and your lives will be enriched in every way. And then finally, choose a place to explore. I don't know what God is doing in you where you want to explore. We talked about Drew Lambert, what he's doing. So you know what he's doing. Where are you going to explore? What are you going to do? Last week, Taryn talked about, 
I, I never saw myself as a preacher. I never would have stood up and given myself and, and you know, going to speak or be a pastor. And yet, here he is, right? And so, what is God leading you to do? Take a step. Push yourself. See what God has planted in you that he can't wait to bring forth as a blessing to him. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Psalm 25. Write that one down. Show me the path, O God. Commit this to prayer over the next 21 days. Now let's go back where we started at our core. Just three things. Number one, I'm asking you to say yes to our prayer and fasting. Savannah already told you it begins at 6 p.m. tonight. We'll all start together. And it ends at 6 p.m. January 29. And let's all just say yes to that. And as a church, just commit that to God. He's watching. He's listening. And he will respond. More than that, he has already planted in us what he wants to see come about. And so say yes to that. Number two, choose your fast. Some people completely go without food and drink only water or fruits or juices or some. Some people do a Daniel fast. Some people fast just one meal a day. You know, choose whatever it is that you want to fast. Give that to God. Stay consistent with it for the 21 days. Or it may be something that you need to lay down. I need to stop watching so much TV. I need to stop spending so much time on my social media platforms. I need to carve out more room for God. Choose your fast. And then number three, most important, be clear on your purpose. Know why you want to do this, what it is you want to accomplish, and, and fill out that paperwork. Sit down, just you and God, or as a family, and decide what is it we really want to accomplish this year, and how are we going to take a step in that? And may God bless you. Whew, that's a lot. Tyler, you ready? So that's our message today. That's what we're hoping that you do. And hopefully we were able to demonstrate where it fits into the overall purpose of First City. We're going to go into this time of communion. And I don't want to just rush through it. We, sometimes I feel like we do that so much. But it, with the celebration of our communion is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it is the place where he gave his life that you could live. It was that one event that changed everything. That's why we have hope. That's why we have forgiveness. That's why we don't fear death. That's the purpose and mission of our life. And it's all centered around the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus symbolized in these two emblems. And I know it's simple. But God said, every time you stop and eat of that bread and drink of that juice... You proclaim the kingdom of God in your life, the reign of God. In other words, you're inviting more of God in you so that he can do something greater than you. Amen? So let's take our time to do that today. I'm going to ask if we'll just turn the lights off. I want to pray over you, and then we're going to invite you to come and take a, uh, some time to take communion as a family and so all over the room, people will get up out of their seats and come to the front or the back of the auditorium. We'll share in communion together. Tyler will send us out with a song. I love you, and may God bless you. Let's pray. Would you stand with me as we pray? Can we just stand together? Thank you. Thank you.